0: And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Dumbay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.
1: What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself.
2: The Sound of Victory. A song playing in the ears over and over again of Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Pulls off the upset win against Kevin Holland. Looked really good doing so. And in the end, it goes down in the books as a fourth-round TKO corner stoppage victory for the man they call Wonderboy. About to turn 40 years old. What a fight. What a performance. We got ourselves... A top 10 fight of the year, that's for sure. It was a lot of fun to watch. And the event as a whole, it was a long one. It was a grind at times. But the main card came in. We ended up getting a seventh main card fight. We're like, oh my gosh, really? And then guess what? All the mended before the judges' scorecards. But it ended with Steven Thompson getting back on track, snapping a two-fight losing streak. So thank you for joining us for the UFC Orlando live post-fight show here on the MA Fighting YouTube channel. I am Mike Heck back at ya. He is E, Casey Lydon. He is back as well. We're the post-fight show tag team champions of the world right now. Reacting to UFC Orlando. It is 2.33 in the morning. And here we are, Casey. We talked about it. We heard from Wonderboy himself just moments ago at the post-fight press conference. He says he broke his hand as well. So we had... Kevin Holland breaking his right hand. Stephen Thompson broke his left hand, but luckily he didn't break any of his feet. That was a huge weapon, but the left hand was a huge weapon too. He landed that a million times. I'm not really stunned that he broke his left hand, but just overall your thoughts on the fight, which over delivered in my opinion, yeah, and just absolutely. the performance from Stephen Wonderboy Thompson.
3: This was a night of, you know, that y'all must've forgot basically um, with the main event and the co-main event, uh, especially just, I didn't have super high expectations for this fight. I don't know why. It's fight that made sense, but maybe I was just kind of just tired of the Wonder Boy story. You know, not his fault. We just know he's he's been around for a while. We've, we've we've watched a lot of his fights, but man, I forgot when you put the right opponent across from Stephen Thompson, the person like Kevin Holland. Holy moly, that is just fireworks! Super exciting. And it's it's just fun to see Stephen Thompson get to do Stephen Thompson things, get to be Wonder Boy, and you know his last couple of fights. Uh, I know he's been you no know, grinded out, you know, by wrestlers and stuff. And um, Kevin Holland, you no, know, even if he may have had that skill set in him, but he chose not to use it. He's just like, you know what, we are we are coming out for entertainment tonight. We're just gonna throw hands and feet, and it was a heck of entertaining fight. It's a bummer about the, the hand injury thing, but man, when, when those guys are just throwing fists and legs at each other like that, that's gonna happen. But Stephen Thompson, man, he still got it. Um, where he goes from here, I don't know. But man, just awesome fight. Um, super. Too many fights. Too many fights. It's just even though a lot of the fights are super exciting, just too many fights. And but hey, the main event delivered, and I kind of forgot about it all. It's just like it was just awesome.
2: Yeah, it was it was weird that they couldn't even it wasn't even timed well enough. And they got right into the first fight. Like we were still doing the People's Pre-Fight show when both women were in the cage. Like right when the broadcast started, they were ready to go. And we still had a carryover fight yeah. from the prelims into the main card and we're just like, holy cow. Uh but luckily we got some good moments, some fun fights, all finishes on the main card. Uh, and it was capped up by Stephen Thompson. And that's kind of the big question, like, where does he go from here? Because you could go in a number of different ways. Like, you could use him as kind of a put him in that sort of gatekeeper role right now, sort of where Neil Magny is, maybe like a step higher than that. Um, build up the Bonoffs and the Bradys and guys like that who are on the come up. You could certainly do that. Or you can sort of do the MMA thing where you remember the thing that most recently happened, which is Steven Thompson in a fight with a guy that had 15,000 people on their feet, cheering and going bananas for 20 minutes as this thing was going on. And I think that's a feeling the UFC wants to continue on and wonder boys a feel good story. Can you imagine 40 year old wonder boy Thompson going on a little bit of a win streak, winning three, four in a row, and then maybe getting himself a third crack at the belt. I think that's a story the UFC would want to tell because this is, this right now, this is it. Steven Thompson is oh. in that Ric Flair WWF early like two, that like that run where Ric Flair was like, I'm gonna keep wrestling until I lose, and then he loses to Shawn Michaels, and he, we thought he was never gonna wrestle again. Unfortunately, that wasn't true. But I feel like once Steven Thompson loses again, the door hasn't been locked behind him for a title shot. But as soon as he loses again, I feel like the lock is going to get thrown. So I think, like, this is it. This is the run if he's going to go on it. He's got to do it now for sure. I would,
3: I would agree with you, but I swear when he lost to Bilal Muhammad and we got, we got to see 25 minutes of him being just grinded against a cage or on his back, I'm, I, I'm positive. I said, well, we're never going to see Wonder Boy have a title run anymore. And then, but like I said, I didn't expect this fight tonight. I don't. Even though Kevin Holland, I knew Kevin Holland was always he was, he was going to bring that type of fight. But for some reason, I just, in my mind, I couldn't imagine the fight was going to be this exciting where we would, we would honestly start having conversations and going, you know, I could see it. I could see Wonderboy getting that one big win. Obviously, he needs one big win at least after this. But, you know, it's like, man, he's got one, without a doubt, he's got one more main event in an arena or one more maybe co-main event for a pay-per-view on him. And um, it's it's the Wonder Boy story. I think that I, I think we're kind of all shocked. I think I don't think we we're gonna be talking about Wonder Boy in this sense. After, it may, we might predict that he was gonna win tonight, but I don't think I don't really think we had this type of momentum behind it. So it, it, it was shocking, and um, part of why this sport is freaking awesome.
2: Yeah, I did pick Wonder Boy to win. It was kind of a reluctant pick. It was more of a perceived value look at it, but I thought it was gonna be sort of. The fight we saw for like two rounds, and then Wonder Boy starts to sort of pull away, like he did in the Jeff Neal fight, yeah, yeah, more and like yeah. cruise to it, cruise to a decision. But we didn't get that tonight. We got a fun ass fight. It's not the fight of the year, people. I'm sorry. I saw no, people no. <laughs> even asking that question. This is not the fight of the year. I'm sorry. This is. it <laughs> I might be in the top he five. But that's pushing it's it. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, it's definitely in the top ten. It's not the fight of the year. Yeah. It is not beating Glover versus Yuri. I'm sorry, it is just not yeah, yeah. happening. It's not beating Hamza versus Gilbert. It's just not. I, I I hate to tell you. I people love to do that. It was super fun, but there
3: are, four, there are 14 fights on this card. It was the best of the 14 fights. So it's, it's be happy if yeah. that. It's just it's just no, we yeah. don't need to come on now. Push our luck.
2: <laughs> come on now. Uh, so what we're gonna do here is because I mean we literally just had a press conference with one guy and we had to wait an awful long time for Stephen Thompson to show up. And I get that. Guy's coming off of a war. Had to get all stitched up. Had to get medicals done. He had to, you know, take care of himself a little bit. Had to go on the ESPN post-fight show. So we had a little, wait a little while. So we talked about a lot of the, the storylines and narratives, if you will. So what we're going to do is instead of doing the people's pre-fight show, we're going to do the people's post-fight show here. So we're going to for the next 20 minutes or so we're going to take your questions about this card. Whatever you want to talk about. You want to talk about what's next for Wonderboy? You want to talk about what's next for Kevin Holland? You want to talk about RDA's big win? We could talk about whatever you want. You want to talk about Mateus Nicolau ending his current UFC contract with a big win? You want to talk about scary Sergei Pavlovich? We could do that. Roman DeLizze's near STFU TKO type submission. I mean, we saw a little bit of everything tonight. Eric Anders getting back on track. Yasmin your guy kicking off the card with a sensational finish. Whatever you want. Let's go. Next 20 minutes. Let's just fire up some questions.
3: All right. Um, uh, We've already answered what's next. for. Here we go. Let's go to the very first of the top of the uh, bottom of the card.
2: Uh, Thoughts on Yasmin. She looked great again tonight. She could be something special for the UFC in Mexico and for Latino fans. Yeah, I agree. She looked great. And it was a good fight, Casey, for a number of reasons. One, because she went out there and got a finish and set the, the table for... A very interesting card. But two, she got thumped a little bit in that first round. Nunes dropped her, had her in some trouble. We got to see her overcome a little bit of adversity. And then battle back, which is a a great second round and a great finish. They got something with her. They definitely have something. They're super young. So she's going to be kind of growing up in the organization. But another early 20s exciting prospect right now. And... Right now, this is happening in a division that, let's be honest, we see a lot of up-and-comers and and hungry fighters at 125 right now. This division needs somebody like Yasmin, and I think they got something with her. So I I agree with everything Brandon said. Your thoughts on her performance and her ceiling right now after two octagon appearances.
3: She's a legit prospect. Um, I, I can't go out and say, you know, she will be fighting for the belt, you know not not going that far away, not far yet, but at twenty three the fact that she fought for some for some reason as fans we like we like to see our fighters kind of take a beating and come back a little bit rather than dominate some of the domination is kind of boring, so it was really nice to see her kind of take that big shot and go, all right, she can fight, she can like she can be the nail and still come back and finish that fight with hammers so um just super exciting, um yeah. Uh, I think, but he said, just be a big star in Mexico, Latino fans. F that. She's just a big, she's a big star. I think she just has that package. Does she speak English? I'm not sure, actually. Does she speak?
2: I don't, or, I don't think so. Um, think so. I know her post-fight interview is, I believe is in Spanish. And I think uh, her press conference was as yeah. well, but she'll get there. She'll probably yeah, 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 get yeah. there at some point.
3: Regardless, um, th- that obviously would help a little bit, but um just for the American fans. But um, yeah, she, she has, I, I feel she has that thing, whatever, whatever promoters are looking for. She has that thing that, that it backed her. And yeah, uh, I hope don't push her too fast. Uh, I don't really have a ideal matchup for her next, but she's here to stay. Uh, it's, it's just a, a great, great pickup by the UFC.
2: Yeah. It's, it's kind of tough because there's not, there's just not a ton of women in this division.
3: And it's the best. It's the best so, division. It's it's the best division. I don't like it's, it's straw weight. It it's, should be the yeah. Best. Um, it's so. a
2: never let you down division. But yeah. I don't know. Like I, I saw some people throw some names out. um Vanessa demopolis was kind of a popular one that I saw. I don't hate that idea. I hate that. um hate Fry. It's not a bad idea. So, some something like that. Like a little bit of a step up. A little more of a vet name. Yeah. Um, but we're not throwing her, We don't. We don't. We don't need to throw her in there with like Jan Jonan or Marina no. Rodriguez right now. But no, no, I, nice little step up. Somebody, you know, someone. Someone give her a little out. bit of step up.
3: Yeah, it's around around twenty. Not, not not even fifteen. Around around twenty. Around there. That's why I want to see her. Um, yeah. yeah. Do do do. Um, okay, it's interesting.
2: Does Holland need a new corner that should have pulled him out of the fight at the end of the third round? I don't think. Third th- round? Third round now. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I, the, the hand thing, I, I mean, again, it's tough because I was live blogging. So I'm, I'm like looking up at the screen and typing and then making sure I'm not misspelling things. So I'm not, it's a fight I'm going to have to go back and watch like with a more clear eye. Again, like I feel like I got the gist of it, but I don't have all the ins and outs of it. But Kevin was still like wa- like I thought at the end of the third round he looked tired. And I even started the live blog around four. I'm like, Kevin looks pretty tired, but he gets up, he's smiling, he's laughing, he's talking to Wonder Boys, having a good good old time in there, doing Kevin Holland things. And I I didn't see outside of just him being really tired, I didn't think the fight really needed to be stopped there and then. But again, I have to go back and like rewatch it full-on, no distractions, and get a better gauge of that. The momentum was clearly swinging Wonder Boy's way. That was a big third round. Fourth round, obviously, we got, was a 10-8. You scored at a freaking 10-7, it's which seven, I'm uh, not even going to hate you for yeah, that because yeah. that was just a one-sided thumping. Um, but, you know, even when Dan did the wave-off thing, like, you could have stopped the fight right there, and I would have I, been okay with it.
3: Yeah, I I thought I thought his hand was so bad he was getting beat up. I thought uh, Kevin Holland verbally submitted. I mean, verbally tapped. He said, I, "I can't do this anymore." I thought that's what I felt happened. Um, clearly, we were wrong, and and Murrieta's odd gestures confused everybody. But um, regarding this question, should it ended in the third round? No, I think it was fine. And if anything, I w- like halfway, like you said, like halfway through the fourth round if bob perez and of his cornerman would have um called, tried to stop the fight i would had no issue with it um because i don't think i don't think they knew how bad because like every handbrake is different you know like you saw kevin holland's handbrake he couldn't like he was in visible pain while um uh stephen thompson says he has a handbrake but he could still throw punches a bit no so their handbrakes are all different but it clearly yeah. looks like Kevin Holland's handbrake was a bad handbrake, one of those handbrakes that we we might not see Kevin Holland fight for probably six months because those things have to heal properly. Otherwise, that's a potential career type of injury. Um, yeah, because he was still
2: ch- he was still chucking it and landing in the second, yeah. third. He was still throwing it a little bit. Fourth is when you Fourth. really started to realize that he, there, he he was a one-handed fighter. But he's still like still kind of throwing it when he was getting in those exchanges. But yeah, I. I I would have felt a little. I would have felt a little queasy had they let Holland out in that fifth round. I think after the fourth, it was the right call. Like you couldn't let him back out there. He was just getting. He was just getting thumped. He had no defense. He was one-handed fighter. And again, like I know we want to see more of this. We want to see more of these types of situations. We're just like, dude, you're done. Live to fight another day. Who knows? At least, and again, I didn't watch it. I don't know what the corner was. They might have been a. I might have seen the same commercial eight hundred times in a row and missed it but maybe they're maybe they they tell Kevin look man it's not going well I'll give you five more minutes but then that's it you gotta show me something or I'm stopping it and that was the five minutes he gave and they went and stopped it so I don't know I'm sure we'll get answers to those questions down the road but I didn't have an issue with them I, I would have an issue if he went out there and fought in the fifth round that's for sure yeah uh are
3: you are you are you have been fine if he came out for the fifth round you think so? No, oh, I wouldn't have. Had,
2: I would have had. I would have had an issue. Oh, you would have. If had, he sorry, came sorry. out in the fifth round, yeah, me too. Yeah, me he too. was done. The
3: fact, that, the he fact was... that I said 10-7, seven—that's what I mean. Like 10-7. That's like the round, sh- like because Kevin Holland has something which is a blessing and a curse in MMA. He just he doesn't have a button, which is great and exciting because BJ Penn was one of those fighters. Just you just could not knock him out. Nick Diaz is kind of the same fighter. Nick and Nate—they they just don't—they just don't turn off. But that can you have to have responsible corners to save you from yourself because you will take just life-changing beatings in fights because you just won't turn off and you're you're such a good fighter and so tough you'll, you'll always be in the fight but it's just very dangerous and um BJ Penn he had a lot of those fights where if toward the end of his career he just didn't turn off he would just get beat up and beat up beat up and that's why they, these losses he felt even worse Darren Elkins is a bit like that. I don't know how much we will talk about him. Just the guys that just—that yeah, was tough. They, just, they don't have that button that just turns them off, so those just take beatings and beatings, which is great for promoters and great for excitement. But yeah, just, if it just—it makes you, it doesn't make you feel good sometimes. Um, yeah.
2: That fourth round. About, just la- last thing on this. Yeah, Steven Stephen Thompson landed forty. It, it, there's there's like significant strikes, yeah. and then there's like significant <laughs> strikes. Steven Thompson landed 48 significant strikes and they were significant strikes. Like everything was with full vigor. They all landed clean. They all got a response. They all, a lot of them hurt Kevin really badly. He just wouldn't fall down. Like that was a tough run to watch. Like Steven just put it on him. And I, I, I give I Crew give Bob credit for, for stepping in and stopping it because Kevin would have kept going. Like oh, it was yeah. up to him, probably just kept going. But yeah. If, 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 I'm sure yeah. Kevin, there's a piece of Kevin that was probably a little bit relieved too. He's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> thank <Yeah>. God. <laughs> but uh, Kevin's tough as shit, man. He's so tough. He'll be back.
0: And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.
1: What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself.
2: This is an interesting question. RDA, the greatest resume in all of MMA history. So I'm going to let you defend your take in a moment because I saw you tweet this as well, and I wanted to ask you about this. You said that this was a a y'all must have forgot moment for RDA, kind of a fight, a kind Mm -hmm. of a performance. To me, this is exactly the fight I expected. I didn't think – I thought Barbarita would – I thought RDA would light him up a little bit more on the feet and Barbarina would just take it and bleed. And then eventually with the, the, how the fight ended, we'd see it in the third. Um, but RDA was, the, I believe he was the biggest favorite on the card by a mile. This is what we expected. So um, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just curious as to why you feel like this is a you have forgot performance when this is kind of a tailor-made matchup for him.
3: Well, according to the topology, just straight pick. I don't know about the betting lines. Yeah, he was a heavy favorite, but there were uh, f- f- six other fighters who were bigger uh, underdogs than Barbarina. So I, but I understand what you're saying. RDA was a heavy oh, favorite. Yeah, um, th- these are just straight pickem fight pickems. These aren't betting lines. Uh, that's I kind of like going by that a little more. Ac- I think that's a little more accurate for my taste. But um, I just I just was so impressed by RDA. There's something about I guess what well, I guess more. And since like, when I say y'all must forgot, y'all must forget, RDA is just on a level. They're like, I think DC kind of famously said it. There are levels of this game. And RDA is just on a level that Barbarina just can never be on. And, and the way he just just dismantled and like, and, and actually I thought the commentary was great. He just it's, it's like there was no wasted movement. RDA just looked like everything he was doing had a plan. He wasn't just like, I'm just fighting and just kind of, I'm just going to throw this and see what happens. Every single thing RDA did had a plan. It, it was a plan, and that and to me, like when I was when I'm watching him and his wrestling, like I, I saw like, why the fight was going on. People were like, "Oh, they were kind of like this is boring," or something, you know. What before the fight got finished, but I'm just like, I I, I just I'm, I'm just in really admiration for a man like who was he, is he the same age as Stephen Thompson? About the same age, like one year younger maybe, or.
2: He's thirty eight, uh, just turned thirty eight. So he's okay. They're like a year, year and change behind him. Yeah,
3: you know, guys who've just have been fighting both these like Wonderboy Thompson and RDA. These guys have only fight top ten, top fifteen guys for the last decade, and I just think that's so incredible. And uh, these guys can do this at that age, and just all the time and the the training rooms, all that mat time, all that drilling. It just shows up. And I was just, when watching RDA fight, I was just so impressed by. Just how everything he did was just perfect. His movements, his his hip placement, his leg rides. It's just, and then Barbarina would get up and fight his way up. He take him down. He just slowly, just t- slowly, just kind of break down Barbarina. And um, and Barbarina is a very good fighter. He's not an elite fighter, but he's a, he's a super good fighter. Who's you know I don't know what he's had at least fifteen fights in the UFC. Like he's done this for a while. He's fought the highest level of guys, you know. And to see Barbarina just kind of not look like he quite belo- this look like he didn't belong in there with RDA you know and i just i just think that's so impressive and um and i i i forget because RDA just yeah he's just he's like, he's not the most exciting personality i get that but just pure fighting i just i'm i'm always in awe of watching him fight cuz he's just he's a true mixed martial artist <laughs> i guess
2: so he made his debut in 2008 in the UFC Got knocked out by Jeremy Stevens, Loses to Tyson Griffin, which in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, like those are, oh, those are solid losses. Wins three in a row. Loses to Clay Guida. Injury TKO. Uh, this is two thousand ten. Clay Guida, uh, nothing to, to snark at. Loses a a close splitty to Glacian Tebow. Wins five in a row. Then the rest of the way loses to Habib Nurmagomedov. Wins five in a row, which includes. One of the most dominant title wins that I can remember. I mean, RDA put it on Anthony Pettis to win the belt. Beat Nate Diaz before that. Knocked out Benson Henderson before that. Knocks out Donald Cerrone in the first round to defend his title. Loses to Eddie Alvarez. Loses to Tony Ferguson. Wins three in a row. This is him going up to 170. Loses to Colby. Loses to Usman. Beats Kevin Lee. Loses to Leon Chiesa. And then goes back to 55, fights Paul Felder, beats him, beats Anato Moicano, short-notice opponent, beats Brian Barberina, and then sandwiched in between those, gets knocked out by Rafael Faziv, and he's knocking out everybody right now. So, I mean, th- his losses are, like, too legit. Yeah, he, yeah. Even at the time, I mean, just the best. Just the best dudes. Guy's a legend. He's a first-ballot Hall of Famer. He's a legend. I don't know if he gets the Connor fight, but I, God, I'm glad he keeps God, calling. Yeah. I'm glad he keeps calling for it, and he should keep calling for it. I just, it's the, it's the fight that got away. It's the fight that got away. And it's a fight that once it got away, we never thought it would ever come back to him. And now it actually logistically makes sense if they wanted to make that fight. But I can totally understand why Conor would be like, nah, not really interested, because I'd favor RDA to win that fight.
3: Absolutely, 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 yeah, which yeah. is, yeah, I mean, if, if there's betting lines on who Connor's going to fight next, I would say RDA is, like, one, one in 50s, one in 100, I don't know, he's, he's a long he's, shot, he's a long shot, yeah, whatever, whatever, like, I, I can probably, I probably have, like, 15 fighters I can name right now before RDA, even though RDA makes a lot of sense.
2: It but does. It makes sense. You sense. have a whole storyline. You have. You probably. Have, you could recycle the promo you were going to use for UFC 196 and just <laughs> add a couple of layers to it. It's easy.
3: And, and one of my favorite parts about RDA is like he lost his first two fights. He got just just highlight world knockout by Jeremy Stevens. and Jeremy Stevens uppercutted him like from his ankles. And he yeah, lost his second fight to Tyson Griffin. That could have been the end for RDA. He could have been released. He could have. Gone back to Brazil, he gonna he going he could he could have been the Bellator champ now. He gonna I don't know. There's so many different ways it's already already a story could have gone. But the UFC kept him around after those two losses, and yeah, it's just um it's wild. So like even I I, I always I always think about that when I see you know fighters just get their butt kicked in fights, you know, especially their first fight, and go you know what? But maybe this guy is, was gonna be a future Hall of Famer. We don't know. It's just these are. Like there's no way after watching him lose Tyson Griffin, where there was like, find any listen to any podcast back then. These guys are going. I know RDA got his butt kicked his first two UFC fights, but this guy, he's he's got it. He's got it. He's a future Hall of Fame. He's
2: gonna be the champion. He's, he's gonna, be, he's the gonna champion. be champion.
3: He's gonna be champion. You just it just doesn't. You just would never say that, but that's just it's, And that's why I like about RDA, just like because he's just no frills. Like he just seems like a guy that just just trained really hard and, tr- and tried hard. That's, I mean, yeah, it's, he just tried hard and just kept doing it, which I just think's freaking awesome. Yeah, All his right.
2: resume is it's right up there, that's for sure.
3: Yeah. All right, enough of my RDA like, love, love story. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, how scary is Pavlovich? Like, did he just jump up, jump from <laughs> 80% on the scare meter? To, <laughs> I, he, might, he might be higher. He might be higher than 97 right now. Yeah, this is, this is the performance he needed because I picked I picked Ty to win. I expected Sergei to do what he did to tie early. I expected Ty, because of his durability, to be able to recover from that and survive, maybe even lose a 10-8 first, but at least make it to round two and then do tie to Iwasa things. And Sergei's like, nope, not letting that happen. And the first shot he landed... Ty's whole demeanor changed. Like unlike the Derek Lewis fight, unlike the Cyril Gaon fight, this was like oh crap. And when Ty Tuivasa, when that fight was stopped, and Ty was like smile and be like Sergey, you're you're a good fighter. I mean, Ty looked like he got run over by a car. Like he just looked, looked destroyed. Like it. <laughs> and it was fifty. It was it was a vicious beating. Sergey's the real deal. And this is this is the kind of finish that he needed after the Derek Lewis win because I know a lot of people thought that was kind of questionable. I saw someone post on Twitter um, after seeing the Tide, it was, I forget who it was, but I'm just kind of paraphrasing. After seeing the way he finished tied to I no longer think the Derek Lewis stoppage is a bad one.
3: I know what they're trying to they're, say. <laughs> nah, the Derek Lewis stoppage sucked. It, it, it sucked because what we're saying about Pavlovich, uh, Sergei Pavlovich tonight, we should have been saying after the Derek Lewis fight, but we kind of got robbed of that because of the early stoppage. the, the stoppage tonight was completely proper that's how, that's how you stop main, that's how you stop fights, you know these guys at this level, you know that's was a proper stoppage. but um, no, no, I, I, I said Derek Lewis, I, 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 I still get that it was a horrible stoppage, but I don't think Derek Lewis is going to win that fight, but that's not why it's early stoppage, but um yeah. Did you, see, scary, did you see? Scary, scary, did you
2: see? Yeah. I just saw this on Twitter. I'm sorry. I didn't mean, it changed subjects, but on. I reacted to it. So, did you see Shavka Rakhmanov's tweet an hour ago? No, I didn't. What is it? It's awesome. He just goes, "Congratulations to still dangerous Wonder Boy, and happy retirement to Trailblaze to Top." Oh, Shavka. Dang. Damn. <laughs> that was. Uh, that was uh. pretty good.
3: Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't wait. I, I, he's, he's, I know everyone loves Hazmat, but, uh, Hazmat, but to me that that's, he's the guy I think, but we'll see. We'll see.
2: He's a good, we'll he's getting see. Jeff Neal. Love that fight. Another nice fight. little step up a competition for him. All right. So uh, yeah, I will take a couple more. Yeah. Pavlovich is, is legit. I'm very curious to see where he goes and how he's now like when the UFC has their war room meetings, their matchmaker meetings, it'll be interesting to see how they view him where they put him in the conversation. Is he now part of that, like that four man race to the belt or is he just the guy on the outside? If he's not, who is the guy on the outside? Cause it's either going to be Cyril Gunn or Curtis blades, the way that it looks right now. If he's in the top four sort of mix right now, I'm curious to see how the, the matchmakers view him.
3: Yeah. 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 I don't know. It, it sucks because I, Oh, I, I think so much. Um, I'm sorry.
2: No, I was saying you're good. Sorry. Oh yeah,
3: yeah. Sorry. Uh, I think so much. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the war in the Ukraine really is gonna hurt Sergei's as far as his UFC career, just because it's just world politics. I don't think the UFC can have a big event in Moscow right now for obvious reasons, and that just for that just sucks for him uh, as far as uh, being a prize fighter. Um, so. That's that's that that's actually the big that's actually gonna be the big issue right now, I feel for him. So uh we'll see. Um this is I wanna I, I like I always like your takes on these because I'm kinda indifferent to call outs, but I like your you're you're big on proper call-outs, so
2: uh what do you think about the McGregor and Hamzak calls? Seemed like bad call outs to me. No way either of those fights happen. We talked about the McGregor call-out. I don't mind it. RDA like look, RDA. We talked about his resume. He understands he's not fighting for any more belts. He just wants fun fights before he turns the page on life. And there is a story here. He was supposed to fight Connor at UFC 196. RDA gets injured. We end up getting the Nate Diaz fight. Nate becomes a massive superstar. RDA is just done. He's out of the picture because after the first Diaz fight, they were gonna run that one back. And then Connor went and fought for the second title and RDA was just dunzo. Like, you're just out of the conversation altogether. And now, f- feasibly, it's possible. Like, you could do it. Like, you could make that fight right now because McGregor against UKC sells a million pay-per-views. Yeah. I'd watch the <laughs> hell of that, by the way. But it, it would make sense, and there's a story there, and you could do that. The Hamza callout, I, I absolutely loved the callout, and I'll tell you why. Roman DeLidze has come from nowhere, much like a guy named Hamza Shemaev. Kind of an afterthought. No one really expected this guy to be ranked or even be talked about. And then he goes out there and just finishes three dudes in a row, finishes Jack Hermanson, took the fight on short notice. A crazy finish. I've never seen anything quite like it. Obviously, I've seen a cap slicer and a ground and pop, but I've never seen them put together like that. And he, this dude's going to be a top 10 middleweight. Next week, he's going to be the number eight middleweight in the world in the UFC rankings when if you if I told you in January, my bold prediction is that Roman deLze is going to be a top 10 middleweight at the end of the year, you would you would ask for me to to be fired. But now look at this guy. and he goes out, and what I liked about the call out is, he's probably not going to get it, but either way, worst case scenario, he's setting himself up for a big fight with this performance. He calls out Hamzad. Now you get seeds planted. Worst case scenario, he's going to fight like Darren Till or Drickis Duplassi next. He might even get like a Marvin Vittori fight next at this point. That's where this guy is. Ooh. And you know what? You know what I liked about the call out as well? He said the man's name. He didn't call him the wolf. He didn't call him anything else. He said Hamzad Shemaev. I loved it. I loved the call out. You took the moment. You got so much momentum from that win. Everyone's you were, was buzzing about the finish. He called out Hamzad. He ain't gonna get it. But I liked the gusto. I thought it made sense. I had no issue with either call out. Not none of these fights are gonna happen next. None of them. <laughs> but I did like the gusto from both.
3: So you're okay if call outs for fights that aren't gonna happen. As long as they have okay, the right so
2: there is there is one call out that was awful tonight. And I hate to do this because I like this guy a lot. Eric Anders, horrible call out today. Who was it? Just a He called out Jamie Pickett for a fight next week because Bo Nickel got hurt. They rebooked that fight for March like seven weeks ago. Almost like so long ago they rebooked that. It's supposed to go down March 4th. Uh, It's signed. It's happening. So Jamie's going to be like, nah, I'm not. Instead of fighting Bo Nickel in a fight that's going to give him so much spotlight, you know what? I'll fight you next week. Come on, man! You gotta you get. Just, you can't get that fight unless like Bo gets hurt again, and Jamie's like, "All right, fine, I'll fight him." But he's he's fighting the super prospect right now, like ca- ca- the biggest ca- fight he could possibly get. <laughs> You call out Come Bo. On, Eric.
3: You don't. You don't call out Jamie Pickett. You, you tell the like, UFC rip up that contract of Pickett. I want to fight Bo Nickel. I want to or something. Like that. You don't go after Pickett. Yeah, I would have
2: been. I would have <laughs> yeah, been. I would have been better with that. Now maybe Eric just didn't know. Eric's a busy dude. He's a family yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Dude. Dude's always trying to on the grind, trying to make some money. I get it. Maybe he's not tapped into the MMA space. But if you're going to try to call somebody out, you can just, just jump, on, jump on topology. Jump on topology. See what's great going site, on there. Go on MMAfighting.com. We reported that as Dunzo a while ago. That was a bad call-out. That, as, as AK would say on to the next one, if, you, if, you book, if, if your matchmaking suggestion is, mimics that, AK would say your pick is doo-doo. That was a <laughs> doo-doo call-out because it's not happening. It's not happening. I love <laughs> you, Eric. It just was a bad call-out it was a great performance from Anders too, but the call out and then he not only that, he went to the back and did a post fight interview and he like doubled down on ah. it. Like nobody told him. Nobody told him. Come on, man. Jose got Jose Jose. I don't want to tell. i had more of an issue <laughs> with that. But you know what? You know what's crazy is that most people forgot about it. Cuz even like the media members are like, "Ooh, he called out JB Pickett for a fight next week." I'm like, "Well, you know what's not going to happen cuz JB Pickett was pulled off. You two eighty two so long ago when once Bo got hurt and they just rebooked that matchup because why book anything else for Bo Nickle? Wait, wait, wait. Right wait. So,
3: so did Eric Anders? So he wanted to fight next week. Is it? He wanted to fight. His Jimmy initial Nick call was,
2: was, JB. I know you still need an opponent. I'll fill in and fight you next week since Bo's hurt.
3: So he thought Jamie Pickett it's was basically, still training for a fight. It was going to show up at the T Mobile Arena and go, "All right, UFC. I hope someone shows up." <laughs> is, that, is that what Eric Anders is thinking is going on right now in Jamie Pickett's life?
2: <laughs> I think so. Like, I missed it. I missed it, but I saw people on Twitter talking about it. So I went on a Slack chat. I'm like, did Eric Anders just fight? ask to fight Jimmy Pickett on next week's card? And they're like, yep, he sure did. And I'm like, oh, man. I mean, his heart at least was in the right place. He just didn't know it was happening. And again, not all fighters – are like going to every event and watching every yeah. card and listening to every podcast. Like I get it. The man has a life. He's got other things going on, but you know, just quick, quick glance at the old topology page and you, you'll realize eh, probably shouldn't have done that. Should have used that call for somebody else, but all right. that's all the other two call. like, they ain't going to happen, but I like the gusto. Yeah. And
3: I think uh, Angela Hill caught out uh, other call outs. So Angela Hill caught out Carolina. For UFC London, the um, so that made sense. Uh, yeah, but uh, uh, man, the time gotta... called
2: out Kanye West, Kanye. So that was a call out. No, um, gonna...
3: I love, I love when John Anik gets to say "your yeah,
2: boy." I love. <laughs> That's exactly how I would say it too. Your yeah, boy, I get he, so into it.
3: I, I can tell he loves to say that. He was so excited to say that. Oh, Anik's so good. Uh, do, 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 do.
2: uh. <laughs> speaking of John Anik, by the way, uh, Jose Youngs got to sit down with John Anik, uh, while in Orlando for episode two of anything but fighting. And I cannot wait to watch this oh. episode because they're going to be talking about New England sports the entire time. And I am jazzed and I am ready for this. So I think that's dropping Tuesday. So stay All tuned right. for that. Uh, I, I saw that clip
3: earlier. I think you got, we got a sneak clip on Slack, so I don't, I don't want to talk about it yet. But
2: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thoughts on where Mateus goes from here. UFC still shows a penchant for not marketing flyweights that ain't Moreno or Davison. So this is one of the interesting ones because I'm trying to prepare for on to the next one tomorrow. I have no idea what to do to this guy, with this guy. I have no idea. The dude, he he f- said at the end of the fight, I'm now an unemployed fighter because that was the last fight in his deal. He's hoping he gets re-signed. I don't think he's going anywhere else. PFL isn't doing it. Bellator doesn't have a flyway to it. Like, just one game in town, really, unless you want to go to, to one what? and yeah. to deal with whatever the hell is going on over there and or go to Brave or something. But he's probably going to get re-signed because they're going to need him right now. I don't know. Like, I honestly have no idea what they're going to do here because Figgy's the champion, Moreno's the interim champion. These two guys are supposed to fight at the pay per view in January in Brazil. That's right now supposed to be the main event. But then we heard about this James Krause situation, and we don't even know what's going to happen. Like, we don't know if Brandon's going to just say, F it, I'm just going to find somewhere else to go and fight. Or if he's just going to be like, no, like I'm not doing this. I'm going to wait and wait for my guy to be cleared or whatever he's thinking and then do it. So then we have Pantoja, who's the backup right now. At least that's what he told Guillermo Cruz. I don't know. I I, I think for him, get your dollars, get re-signed, make that money, son, and just keep the phone by you at all times. Because if they need to fill in for something, for a big opportunity, you got to be ready to go whether it's for the belt or to fight Pantoja or something, if this fight for the belt actually happens to the Tetralogy, or for some reason something happens to like Alex Perez because he's had a hard time just getting to fights these days, if something happens there, if you send him to Perth to fight Kaikar or France, like you just got to be ready. You just got to be ready. There's a great win and a great performance. It's going to age well, I think. Um, but you kind of have to strike where the iron's hot before it's forgotten. Roy Val's hurt there's just not a lot of ton of options for him so it's just kind of
3: <clears throat> how, how hurt is Roy Val because I, man I want to see that fight is he like hurt hurt like
2: or you know I think he's yeah. I'll I'll pull it up yeah. um he was supposed to fight in two weeks supposed oh, fight yeah. on that last night night card with uh Amir albazi, yeah. but now Al-Bazi's fighting and I forget who he's fighting what did he say uh there we go. Heartbroken say I will not be competing for the training injuries. Uh, last week after practice, was feeling pain in my wrist. After a few days of the deformity, bruising, and the pain not going away, went to the doctors. and determined I broke my wrist. Thankfully, he won't need surgery, oh, right. uh, but he will not be recovered in time to compete. First time ever had a pull of a fight. Um, so, I mean, broken wrists, four to six weeks, depending on how bad it is. Maybe a little longer. Who knows? Royval could maybe fight in like first quarter, depending. I don't know. Yeah. So maybe he is on the table.
3: Do, do, do. Um, any updates with Mr. Aspinall?
2: I've heard nothing. Yeah. And that's another name we keep forgetting about, is Tommy Aspinall. But, again, he is coming off a loss. It, it was a weird one, an sure, injury yeah. one, but fortunately he's going to have to kind of like build his way back up. But he's still really young and – only going to get better so him and sergey I, will be fun i don't know if we want to do that right now though
3: i, I don't th- i think asperol would need to obviously i think i still think he, he's got another six months these are heavyweights, so you got to make sure those ligaments are very healed um but obviously a healthy Aspinal and sergey i want i want them to see if fight, want them to fight eventually just i don't think we're going to see that maybe 2024 <laughs> or maybe. late 2023 yeah
2: yeah, no uh, idea. I'll uh, we'll take one more question. One more.
3: One more. One more. One more. Oh, gotta make this a make this a good one then. Um, you guys are doing it on to next tomorrow, right? We are indeed. Okay, so other not doing any matchmaking questions, gentlemen and ladies. Uh, outside, if if
2: there's a matchmaking question outside of the main card, we could do it. Mm, nope. <laughs> or for any of the or for any of the losers in the, on the main card. Uh,
3: not talking to any James Krause. You go watch our pre-show, pre-fight Q and A. Yeah, we've we've talked we've talked we, a lot. Yeah, nothing's changed. Um, why? Real quick, why I find a good question.
2: Uh, which fighter called out? Yay, the guy with the mustache talked over Mike. <laughs> 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 um, uh, Natan, Natan Levy called out Kanye West. Uh, if you know Natan Levy, you probably know why. If you know what has gone on the last several months with Kanye, I think you would understand why. Uh, you just go watch it. It's not a long scrum. I think it's like four minutes. I think it was basically Jose interviewing Natan Levy. Uh, but he explains why. So you can go check that out. Uh,
3: oh man, come on guys. I'm trying to find his- Give me a question about tonight. Uh,
2: this... Anything? Uh, hey, look, we could, we could be done if there's no more. It's okay. We got a pay per view coming up next week, so there's gonna be content galore. Yeah. Don't you worry.
3: You know what? It is extremely late on the eastern coast. So what? Th-
2: three sixteen, baby. Three sixteen. <laughs> there's the music all right we're done thank you all very much um i think we'll have the full crew back next week uh next week a lot of fun ufc 282 they're back in vegas last pay for of the year uh we are doing a watch party next saturday as well so mma fighting youtube channel's gotta be pumping so get ready so for casey i am mike heck get some sleep everybody if you want to send in your matchmaking suggestions for on to the next one do them in the next like six hours or so you can instagram me instagram ak if you listen to the show you know how to do it so for casey i am mike hack thanks for watching good night everybody or shall i say good morning everybody
3: happy birthday jose oh yes (laughs) you're listening to the vox media podcast network
0: and visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.
1: What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself.